2014, I prayed this prayer. I said, God, where are the homegrown revivalists, the homegrown heroes, the homegrown radicals? A week later, a friend of ours um, gave me a call and they said, you need to come up to, to the Gold Coast and be in a prayer meeting. And uh, there was 15 people there and just prayed. Four days, we just spent praying for our nation, praying for revival. And since then, Jalil and Beck, we've become very, very good friends of ours. I've learned inc- uh, so much from these guys on how to do family, discipleship, and, and you guys are in for a real treat. So why don't you give it up for Jalil as he comes and shares. Thanks, bro. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, Liam. And uh, it's such so much joy to be here with you. Could I? I've got a bit of our Street Peace team, so if you're part of it, um, why don't you stand up, my Street Peace team? Yeah, some of our crew here today. And if you're involved in Street Peace, we've got some of our youth here as well. Stand up. Awesome. Be kind to them. I think some of them, this is their first day in church, so just be kind to them. <laughs> Love on them. Say hi to them. Um, so cool to have you guys with us today. We're going to show a short video and then um, I'm going to get Ash up just to share a little bit, just a testimony, and then we'll get into the word. That's it. So, if you have had kids that haven't turned up, one guy that I've worked with that didn't turn up like, I think pretty much eight times straight every time I booked him in. <laughs> and then on the ninth time, um, yeah, went to pick him up and there he was. So that comes with the role, I guess, of what we do is we just keep believing the best for the kids and uh, gritting our teeth when we have a hard day because we don't have the labour for, <laughs> for the jobs. Um, but yeah, it's super rewarding, super rewarding to see kids get transformed and, and become consistent and reliant and get those, those soft skills that they need to hold down a job. no English, nothing, not even a word. It's not the language that you understand. You understand when you're getting bullied, when you get fingers pointed at you, people laughing at you and stuff. Um, Year 10, it was my revenge time, I guess. Whoever bullied me, I just did my thing to them. Um, uh, Halfway through Year 10, I got expelled. We used to run to muck around Frankston and do our own thing. Oh, he came from a pretty hectic lifestyle. Yeah, had some pretty sad stories, losing his older brother, um, travelling, moving from Greece to Australia, a little bit of trauma there, and uh, it just headed him on the wrong direction. He got involved with some bikies and was involved, involved in drug dealing and got pretty heavily involved in drugs. This one night, this guy came up to us. He was wearing his backpack and he was like, oh, how you doing guys? And all asking us questions and stuff. We thought he was an undercover cop, so we kind of circled him put him in a circle so he can't get our faces. He wasn't scared at all, like he did not care. He was like, oh, street peas, free peaches, and you know, this game's prices. Once I had prizes, I'm like, let's go. We went there. That was the first night street peas kicked on. This is the nest, and I was here the first ever night that started. It changed my, my view because I'm kind of getting a view of the criminal way and a view of the, the right way. And this is the way I want to do it, and that's the way Jay showed us. I saw such a transition from him, from being like one of the kids that you see down here to now like a leader. He knows his identity, knows his value. You actually get to know Jesus and what he's about and what he actually can do to you. Yeah, it's changed me as a person. Like, I wouldn't be here talking in a few years. I'll be running. That's what we do. These kids that grew up pretty rough, man. They're looking to be loved, man. They're looking for a father that they've never had, or they're looking for the mother that they've never had. Working with Street Peace, they give you the love, you know? And it's it's not just that one guy in Street Peace, it's all of them. You walk in there, you feel loved, it's warm, you sit down, you have a chat, you know, they have food, drinks there for you, waiting for you. Like, they're not just there just to talk to you just for an hour, 
and leave you. So it, it has to be love, man. You know, it's crazy. They can't be crazy. years or two years full time. He, we, we wanted to hold him as, as a landscaper with us but he's getting so many other job opportunities isn't it, as well because he's such a good worker and he's such a good kid. I mean, if we could see that happen to 100 kids in the next five to ten years that would just be so rewarding. I succeed where I want to be. Now it's my time to bring all those mates from down there and bring you up. It's for me to step down those steps, grab them, walk them up those steps. That's what I'm trying to do. Hopefully I get it. So we're so grateful for this church because you guys were right there at the beginning believing in, in us even before we even knew what Street Peace was. And I want to thank you so much for the way that you guys sowed into us and prayed for us and We've been careful there. We don't know what's going to go on to the next YouTube section. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just been awesome the last, really the last two years. And then God's just like ramped it up. You know, if you're faithful with the little, he'll make you faithful with the great. And, um, you know, disciples make disciples. And that's what we're seeing. It's, it's, um, it's just so awesome, actually, what God's doing. We're so excited. I thought I might... Um, Introduce to you guys, Ash. Why, Ash, why don't you come up? He's one of our outreach workers. Um, you know, by the kindness of God, like he's just been able to bless this ministry and um, we've been able to put on some... Um, Ash has already been doing this. In fact, before I started Street Peace, Ash was out there working for the council and he introduced me to some of these kids right at the beginning. Um, he's got a journey on that as well. But then in the last, yeah, the last eight weeks, we've been able to put on a team of four part-time. And Ash is one of them. He's just got such a wild heart for Jesus, has the most amazing testimony. And I just wanted him to just share for five minutes just a little bit of what God's doing through him and what's he seeing God do in the streets of Frankston. Thanks, brother. <clears throat> Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name's Ash, as my brother just shared. Um... Yeah, I've I seen that video a few times, and it just it just moves my heart. Because um, we're just seeing God do beautiful things in these young guys and girls' lives, and um, it's our desire to see them walk in the love of God. <laughs> um, and He's doing it, and we're really grateful. Um, really briefly, a little bit of my background... Um, I'm 20. I had to think last night. I'm not even kidding. It's like, how old am I? And I got stuck between 26 and 27 because I just had a birthday and I had to count and it was a moment. So I'm 26. Um, I'm not 20. I'm 26 now. Um, when I was a young kid, I actually, I can relate to Nick's story up there. I got expelled halfway through year 10. Um, come from a pretty... Uh, broken home um, on the peninsula and I went down a really interesting path of trying to be fulfilled um, in all the wrong things, all the desirable things that led me to a path of destruction and death ultimately. I was a drug addict for about four or five years. Uh, I met Jesus in a hotel room crying out to this, con I love what you shared this morning, Liam. Um, about God being a concept, an, an idea, a story, but yet the invitation to experience him, was there was no grid for that. But yet I cried out to God when I was 19, and long story short, I got filled with his spirit, and he set me free from all my addictions and my fear. And now I love him, and, and I want to see everyone receive this love that I've now received myself and I'm very grateful to be walking with uh, my family my friends in the Street Peace team because we know that we can't do it alone and we need each other um, and I'm here today to share a story of just something that's been taking place for uh, a young man I won't name him because I haven't actually got I haven't talked to him that I'd share a little story of his um, this was just the other week, actually. To give you context of this, 
young man, he comes from an extreme background where normality for him is the gangster life, quite literally. His dad's a gangster and growing up for him, he was, grow he was brought up in fear. And this, this young man is quite intimidating, if, if I'm honest, when you look at him, when you're around him, but he's such a gentle, kind, considerate, loving man. But yet his old life was a very fear-driven, intimidation mentality of him being a boss, a gangster, um, a leader. And coming from that background where was, it was a dominance where they desired love and a place to belong and a place to be seen and a place to be affirmed, valued, but yet they found it in a drug culture, an intimidation culture where if you disrespect me, I'll disrespect you and you'll pay for it. Um, so it's a very toxic culture. We've been walking with this young man for, we met him probably three years ago. And just last week, we've, we've, begin, we've been seeing such a change in desire and the choices that he's making for himself are leading into such a flourishing life of wholeness that's leading into his friends and his family. And he's imitating uh, a beautiful way of what it looks like to be a man. And he's discovering this every day and he's making good choices for himself. Um, it was just the other week where, where he, we were at the, the Nest, which is our Wednesday night gatherings that we host for these, for these kids. And this guy, I, I, I just, it's crazy. I walked outside and he comes up to me and he's like, Ash, I need, I need to talk to you. He's very concerned, look on his face. He's like, Ash, I need to talk to you. So I walk out to him. I'm like, oh, what's up, bro? He's like, I need, to, I need to confess something. Like, what is it? And he's like, he's like oh, I just, I just punched someone in the face. And I just and kind of knocked him one. And he, like, he was very, he was guilty. He was like, I feel really guilty. He was really sad about it. And I was like, just listening, just listening. And. I was like, oh, why'd you do that, man? And he told me why he did it. They were um, being antagonistic towards him, and he just became hostile. Uh, I just gave him a hug. I just loved him. And he looked at me after. He's like, I just feel really guilty about it, man. And I don't want to do this. I, don't, I just blacked out, but I can see that it's not the way that I want to choose anymore. And I'm standing just witness, witnessing God do this in his heart. I didn't, I didn't lead him in this. I didn't, I didn't tell him that this is wrong or that this is not the way. The, the witness of the Holy Spirit's hand upon these guys' lives. We know that the discipline of Jesus is always married to love. And it's his kindness that leads them into a new way. So, so I'm seeing the, the hand of God. On, this is just one story in one moment, but this, this powerful testimony of the hand of God on so many of the lives of these young people that are discovering the way of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, leading into a fulfilling life wrapped in Jesus. It's a new way that's being established by the discipline of love the discipleship of Jesus in the hearts of these young crew. And yeah. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Thanks, Ash. I love you, man. It is actually just so like that. It's just quite um, chilled and come chat to some of these crew as well like God's just been doing pretty crazy stuff the last couple of months in Street Peace. And so uh, Psalm 68 Verse 5, we hang on to this. It's like a, a cratch cry of, of street peace and who we are. Talking about God, he's the father of the fatherless. That's what he is. We are living in a crisis right now. There's a lot of, well, we could say 
there's a lot of dads, but there's not many fathers. It's not hard to be a dad. It's not hard to give birth, you know, be part of forming a child, but actually be a true father in a kid's life. That's rare. And it says that God is the father to the fatherless. And we're in a generation and a pandemic in our nation right now where there's so much fatherlessness going on. And it's setting this generation up to encounter Jesus. I'm sorry, the devil just continually overplays his hands, right? And he plays them back into God's hands time and time again. He says he's the protector of the widow. You know, we've got young mums in our group. We've got teenage mums. He, he looks after, he cares for the widow. He cares for the orphan. He cares for those who are left, who are left destitute. And it says this is God in his holy habitation, So when God is dwelling out in his house, this is what it naturally looks like. It's the natural overflow of his life. Caring for the fatherless, looking after the widow and the orphan, looking after the destitute. That is, when God is relaxed on his throne, that's what he naturally does. And, and, uh, you know, I've been involved in a lot of different ministries, but the grace that's on this is I really can't believe it comes purely because it's God's heart. It's just, it flows from the heart of the father. It's when he looks at the world, that's what he's crying out for. That's what he's wanting to do. And uh, he goes on to say, God settles the lonely in homes. Isn't that awesome? Verse 6. And he leads out the prisoners to prosperity. Isn't that awesome? And, um, and I just want to encourage you, like, if you want to be involved in Street Peace, we've got a table out the back. We want to thank you. We've, we've got opportunities there. There's, there's a couple of ways you can get involved. Obviously, we have prayer, so we have a WhatsApp prayer group. We keep that updated every week, just sharing what's God's going on, what God's doing, and more personal stories and testimonies. And, uh, and then we've got our newsletters as well, our behind-the-scenes stories, which are sort of on a monthly basis, just to pray and keep updated with what's going on. You can become an ambassador as well for Street Peace if you want. We've got our hoodies that we're selling today. So if you want to get some merch, you can do that we're a, and just share with your community. Uh, our heart is that Street Peace would actually just start to move. It's, it's get started in Frankston. We see it growing across the country purely not because we want to have a big organization, purely because the need's so great. And we see ourselves as actually a parachurch ministry so we don't run out of a church. We just, we've got the, you know, you've got, you got the issue here. You got the church here, and Street Peace creates the bridge. It allows the church to be able to engage with this issue. And I want to tell you, it's not actually hard work. I want to preach on that today. I want to preach on the fact that actually seeing darkness get pushed back in regions is not hard work. It comes with great cost, but it is not hard work. You know, fire always falls on sacrifice, right? So the hardest work is realizing being a yes, right? But actual striving, it doesn't come out of striving or better plans. It's, it's actually being love, allowing the love of God and believing who he is to move forward into these regions of darkness, right? To see darkness turn to light. This passage I want to hit. I, I, might, I don't know if I preached on this last time. I have no idea what I preached on last time. But I'm going to preach again on, on Isaiah 60 because it's just been something I've been meditating and thinking about for the last two years. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Isaiah 60. So yeah, feel free to go up there, have a look. We've got our team around today. Come chat to us, hear some of their stories. Um, But we love you and I want to thank you so much for your friendship, your encouragement, uh, your sacrificial giving, the support, just like... It is bearing fruit. That's what I want to say. I hope that you're encouraged because it is fruitful. It is very fruitful. And the harvest is very ripe. And the laborers are for you. So pray that the Lord of the harvest would send them in. Amen. So Isaiah uh, 60. So we all know Isaiah 61, which is awesome. Jesus quoted it. The Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me. He's anointed me to bring the good news to the afflicted. To set me to bind up the brokenhearted. This is the mandate. This is our mandate. Because Jesus is inside of us. It's not just Jesus' mandate. We are disciples of Jesus. He said, follow him. So this is our mandate. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And if, we can, if he calls, it to us, to, calls us to do it, well, guess what? He enables us to do it. Yeah. Proclaim liberty to those in captive. I tell you what, there is a drug epidemic right now in our nation. There's an ice epidemic in, in our nation. 
They are in captivity. Sure, they mightn't be in prison, but they're captive by drugs. They're captive by things that they don't want to be in. And Jesus has given us, he's called the bride to come and set them free. I truly, through the power of Jesus, we can see freedom in their lives. And um, it's awesome. We even just seeing like that sort of stuff just break off kids' lives as well. Yes, some of it's like automatic, some is like over a journey, but we're seeing transformation. I'm so proud of what's going on in their lives, I'm so proud of some of the decisions some of the, the youth are making, and, um, and we're seeing not, them not just help themselves, but help each other as well. Like, it's just beautiful the way they're getting around each other. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So that's Isaiah 61. So we go back to Isaiah 60, and it says this, Arise... Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has what? What has it done? It hasn't ascended, it hasn't descended, sorry. What has it done? Risen. Risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear through you. Now, I'm, not, I'm just going to say it straight out, like, there is a lot of darkness right now in the world. There is, like, crazy darkness going on. It's, it seems like it's up the ante. It feels like it's affecting every different sphere of life right now. It's, it's just it's scattered across our platforms. It just seems like there's so much darkness. There's so much agenda pushed by the enemy that is anti-God. We're living in a world, in a country that has become moved away from its Christian principles. And now to actually be a disciple of Jesus is almost anti the principles of our government. Okay? It's, it's getting darker. So while that's happening, my encouragement to you is where there is darkness, what do we need? So if we... The problem isn't the darkness. The problem is what? The lack of? Who knows there's no competition between light and darkness. Like if Liam says this, I love it. You go into a dark room, right? You flick on a light. What happens? Does the darkness push back and go, no, 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 no. We're not going to show. No, what happens? Light comes in. It exposes things, absolutely. It says that Jesus came into the world. It says the world did not like the light. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's going to be popular, right? But as long as we keep our eyes focused on the darkness and don't focus on the light which is arisen upon us, we'll see darkness continue to grow around the world. But I want to tell you, like right now in this hour and in this time, there is enough light to fill the world. I'm convinced God isn't like, oh my goodness, this generation, I really stuffed up. Like, I just did not put enough salt and light in this world. Like, we are ruined. <laughs> no, 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 that's a lie. And if your mentality looks like that, if you think, oh my goodness, it is over. Like, now let's just bunker down. What we need to do is get all our lights together. And then we need to put all those lights underneath a big garbage bin and we'll just shine brightly inside the garbage bin and we'll be safe and we'll all love each other and it'll be awesome and we'll do it on a regular basis for two hours a week in a building and it'll be awesome because we'll all feel good and no one else, but you will just cover it. I don't, I don't have a problem with that, right? But that's not what God's called light to do. Light is called to go into darkness, Light's purpose is not to congregate. Light's purpose is to invade darkness. He said, Jesus said, he's the light of the world. Then he calls his disciples, says, you are the light of the world. Oh, I'm pumped. I want to tell you why I'm so excited, right? This, like the Lord's been speaking to me about the season that we are in. The season that we are in, there's, there's two responses that we can take as a church. And it's exciting. I caught up with a guy called Pat Steele. Have you guys met Pat Steele? 
Um, he's awesome. He does a lot of like prayer and like evangelism training. And, and I, I've seen him around. We've talked online, but got to hang out with him yesterday in Frankston. He came down. He was doing some training with the fire church down there, which is awesome. They were doing evangelism training. And so we just kicked it on the street and we were just chatting. And, and he was just talking. With, and I was sharing with him about the vitality, uh, the, the, what's the word? There's like this... It's like the kingdom is so primed right now for people to step out. But the darkness is so strong right now to promote fear and self-preservation. There's such a war going on right now, and it's, it's a real war, and we need to move from holding the line or standing our ground to taking ground. And, and we were chatting, and I was like, you know, <clears throat> some of you might have followed that I was at a protest, some of the protests earlier on in the year, uh, earlier on last year, later on last year. Um, he also went to Camp Epic, and we were just saying how amazing it is. There's actually a move of God going amongst the freedom movement in a huge way. He went to Camp Epic in Canberra. He said there was over half a million people there. God called him to go there. He set up a baptism there. They didn't have water. And they baptized like hundreds of people. So many people getting saved. So many people who are lost just like at this point, just like hungry to know Jesus. Um, but at the same time, there is like, there's, I can feel it even within myself. Like the Roe versus Wade, like look at that. There's like, oh my goodness, things are getting pushed back. But also the enemy's so strong and anti God's hand, anti trying to, trying to promote fear into the body around shining the light of God. And I'm not saying like specifically the freedom movement is the light of God. I'm just saying wherever we go, there's opportunities to bring the light of God in a really powerful way. If we would just go, yes, like the grace is on Right now, for people in this room to go, I'm going to believe God for a dark zone. You know, one of the, we, we um, you know, there is, there's, there's darkness just outside these doors. We, we all are surrounded by it. The invitation is for you to step out right now or in this next week to go, okay, I'm going to believe the Lord for a region. I'm going to, okay, we have this problem in my area and I'm going to hear from God. I'm going to step out. And I even feel like he's calling people to step out and take ground. And the, and, the, and the fear is that you might, you know, the fear is that you're going to be squashed, that the darkness is going to try to completely overwhelm you. That's generally what the fear is, that, you know, I don't, I'm not qualified. And I want to tell you that it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has arisen upon you. This is what Paul talks about in Colossians. This mystery revealed. Christ, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What was he talking about? This hope talked about in, in Isaiah 60. Arise, shine. The glory of the Lord, where were they were hoping? They were, when would that glory come? The glory of the Lord has arisen upon us through Jesus, our Messiah, through being reborn of God. It says, the Lord will arise, will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Come on. Lift up your eyes around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. You know, um, ah, let me get some notes up. Otherwise, I'll just go way off track. Why don't you turn to 2 Corinthians 2, verse 12. 
I feel like there's just a crack in the rock right now. That's the only way I can explain it. Like there's this rock, there's this the stronghold, the enemies like try to build something like that seems so impenetrable in our nation. It seems like, oh my goodness, this is just like a downhill slide. Like we are not going to see change, right? But it feels like there's a split in the rock and there's a weakness right now that God wants to really, because he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Like he'll always just, he'll always win with the worst hands. Like he loves just taking the 300 to defeat the Midianites. You know, he's just looking for people who would believe so he would get glory to his name. You know, I'm, I just, I, I just want to, I just want to speak to people whose hearts are burning right now and tell you to trust in the Lord. To trust in the Lord. There's people here who are like, uh-huh, I know what you're talking about. There's more and I want it. And I want to tell you that, Self-preservation is going to lead us down the wrong path if we carry on with it, if we hold on to self-preservation. You know, there's a season where it was like we could sort of tolerate that, but as things get up, as, as, as things are up, the ante's up, the, the war's going on, <laughs> you don't run into battle trying to preserve your life. You run into battle knowing that you're victorious. You run into battle knowing that the one who leads you knows the truth and you can trust him. Trying to preserve your life in this season will, will, will make us fall back. Yeah. 2 Corinthians two twelve to 17, let's read it. Paul's talking to the Corinthian church. I love this, and he's always challenging them. And if you know actually just how messed up this church was, it's so amazing the way he speaks so kindly and so clearly to them. And the way he he just continually calls them up, calls them higher, and actually just sees them clearly. He doesn't see them through their sin. He just sees them clearly. He says this, When I came to Traos to preach the gospel... Even though a door was open for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Tyrus, Titus. Sorry, So I looked to leave then and went to Macedonia. Because under but thanks be to God who in Christ, listen to this, always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. But thanks be to God who leads who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession that's our promise that's your promise that through Christ he will lead you in triumphal procession do you know triumphal procession isn't triumph it's the party you have after you've triumphed right it's when the lead team of the AFL go through the streets of Melbourne. Or our returned Olympic medalists come through having a triumphal procession carrying the medals that they won at the Olympic Games. Or when those armies came back from battle, they came back with all the booty that they gathered, all the everything they won with triumphal procession. And he says that is how God leads you through Christ. Triumphal procession. We are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to one a fragrance from death to death to the other a fragrance from life to life. I love this bit. For we're not like so many peddlers of God's word but as men of sincerity commissioned by God in the sight of God as we speak in Christ. Now hold this attention. Who wants a triumphal procession in life? It says that because one man reigned in life, all might reign in life. That's Jesus Christ. The joy of salvation is that we get to reign in life. I want you guys to flick down to 2 Corinthians 11. and look at, Let's look at Paul's life as one who reigns in life. Let's have a look at his journey real quickly, yeah? Because... His mindset, this is what it looks like to be a true witness, to carry the light, 
the power of God in a triumphal procession. He's starting to talk and he's starting to boast about himself and he's like trying to actually get his credentials up there. And he says this, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. You get your head around that? So a triumphal procession for Paul was that he was tied up preaching the gospel. He would have been chained to a pole, probably his, his, his shirt removed and lashed 39 times in five different occasions. Three times, that wasn't enough. I also got beaten with rods in a triumphal procession. That wasn't enough. Once they actually thought that I was blasphemous, so they tried to stone me to death. I mean, this is a guy who lived in a different world that lived in the lived in Christ. Because often when we read this stuff and when I found like in church often so much is preached and it really is just like self-preservation. It's like we want a God who will bless us but we don't have to, there's no cost involved. You want to you see darkness push back? It will come with sacrifice. I'm not saying it's hard, I'm not, it's not striving, but it will come with sacrifice, but it will be a triumphal procession because this man lived in joy. All the, he was in joy. He was in peace. He was led by the Spirit of God with boldness and never, ever stopped. It wasn't like, well, after the third beating, I decided no more. No, in triumphal procession was that he pushed on even when darkness tried to push back. I was just like, I feel like I'm rallying the troops today. I feel like, you know, in the spirit, I see you guys as warriors and you are in the spirit, you're warriors. And I am rallying the troops today because I want to tell you that there is a kingdom that still needs to be taken in our nation. We can look overseas, but there is a generation that is on its way to hell. And guess what? Many of them are not on their way to hell. They're living in hell right now. They're like, they're in hell. Their lives are so hellish, right? They need, like, and it is not enough for us to just be okay gathering in light and allowing deep darkness to cover the earth when we are the light of the world. And that light would not be spread without sacrifice. Like, I felt it like God was speaking to me so much, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it will bear no fruit. The invitation to the abundant life of Christ is through surrender. And it is the joy of life, I'm discovering. The joy of life is being a yes to Him. The freedom of life is being a yes to Him. You know, Nick tells that story and, and we've had some occasions where we're off, you know, I've, I've gotten in front of, the Lord has like led me to get in front of like gang leaders and like he gets like, he, he was like pretty hectic. A lot of these kids do hectic stuff when they're on like drugs and stuff, right? But you know, I'm, you know, different occasions with him, we've been up talking to like fully tatted people and God's just like been speaking so strongly through us. And you know, in that moment, it's just the Lord, right? It's, it's not you, it's him speaking through with boldness. But there also is a place where I drew a line in the sand and said, I've denied my life. Like, there's a, good, there's a good movie that Beck and I watched. I don't know if you like M- NBA, but um, Adam Sandler's did it. It's called The Hustle, and it's, it's on um, Netflix, and you can have a look at it. I can't, I'm not going to vouch for it. But there is a, essentially, he's a basketball scout, and he discovers this a phenomenal street um, ball player. And he's in Spain. He can barely speak any English. And um, he's a prospector. Adam Sandler in the movie is a prospector. And so he's trying to get new prospects for the NBA. And so he, he takes on this kid and brings him back to America. And he goes through this whole journey. And essentially what happens, like any of those classic um, 
Disney or movies is like, he's almost there, then he fails right at the last minute, then he's on his way home in the airport, and then he gets the final call to come back and play. I don't want to ruin it to, for you, so I'm not going to tell you the end, end result, but you probably guess it if you've watched any Hollywood, any, <laughs> any movies from Hollywood. Um, but essentially, he's got this one last game, and he's already been, his name's been scratched out of the NBA. He's just like, one last game, he's been given this opportunity And Adam Sandler says to him, he says, I've got one last inspirational thing to say to you. They can't kill you if you're already dead. And then he goes just to play his best because he just doesn't care what people think anymore. Because he's, you know, sometimes this is is something I've also felt that holds us back is that we are so protecting our Isaacs. It's like, oh my goodness, it was a promise from God, so I need to make this happen. I need to protect it. It was given to me. We can't let it be taken away. And God's calling you into something else. He's calling you to lay something down. You're like, well, no, this is God's promise. This would be a failure if I laid this down. You need to see every single person throughout, like you see David, right? Take David, for instance, prophesied as a shepherd boy that you're going to be a king gets raised up to be alongside Saul, kills Goliath, and then flees. I think it was like for 10 or 7 to 10 years, is like not allowed into his own country, is hunted, and he becomes a vagabond in his enemy's country. Right? Died, dead. Like, I don't know. God's going to have to re... He's going to have to make this come about, but I'm going to be a yes to him. Joseph... Oh, gets the vision. Oh my goodness, all my brothers are going to worship me. I'm going to be raised up as this king leader. Gets rejected by his brothers, almost killed, then sold off as a slave to another nation. Ending up in prison for three years for something he didn't do. We're trying to, sometimes, we are led so much sometimes by our promises or the, the, the prophetic words of our lives. And I, I believe in stirring them up, don't get me wrong. And maybe, maybe Joseph was believing those in, in the prison that gave him faith all through. I'm not sure. But what I want to say is like, <clears throat> Jesus had to die. To be counted worthy to sit at the right hand of the Father, it says. He is worthy through his obedience, through death, he was counted worthy become the savior of the world, he had to die. It just seems so crazy. And and I want to say that that is the way that light invades darkness. Because darkness is about self-preservation, and light is about love. And love does not preserve. It lays itself down. It counts the cost. It owns the cost. Love is, there's, I don't reckon there's any greater love than the love of a mother. If we could all just own that love as a believer and go, well, that's what it looks like to just lay down my life for my kids. You know, I'm going to bear this child. I'm going to carry this child. My life's going to be radically changed. My looks are going to radically change. I'm going to be sleepless. I'm going to lay down my life, right, for this child. That is love. Um, Darkness can't touch that. Darkness has no hold on a love that is chosen to embrace. The issue with believers is when we think that following Jesus is a slow journey of us finally saying yes to him. It's like, well, one day, one day I will fully surrender, but I'll go on this journey of like slow surrender. And it's torture. Does that make sense? And Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself. He didn't say, if anyone wants to follow me, he can take his time, let's go on a journey. He said, no, if you want to follow me, it'll cost you you. The cost will be you. But the, but, but the reward is so great. The reward is so worth it. Because the best thing to be set free from is yourself. 
And, you know, I'm seeing it in Frankston. We're seeing it in different things. And there are so many people right now counting the cost for the Lord and stepping out in faith. And I want to encourage you, if if it's not, you know, some of us are called to be apostles to actually just like forge the way. And then others are called to gather around those apostles and like run with them, right? To fill up as they, as they forge the way to come in behind and support. We're not all called to be solo apostles forging new things. Don't get me wrong. We need the whole body. But all of it will come with sacrifice. And all of it, we must count the cost at this time because we, you know, if we grab this, we will arise and we will shine in this hour. And there is a season right now, there's a grace of God right now, like, I don't know how long it will last, but it is, I feel it, like there's this grace on penetrating darkness. I'm not just playing ball with it, but just like stepping out of the way and going, we're not going to play games, actually. You're not my friend, you're my foe, and we're going to take you on now. I've had enough of this in my city. Lord, I'm going to count the cost, me and my family, we're going to count the cost. We're not going to play games anymore. Like, we don't, I think this is the thing that wrecks me, is that we don't have to allow the enemy to run amok in our cities anymore. If we owned it, if we were just a yes, yeah, a yes to the Lord. And God is calling us to all different regions. Some of you, it's like, I want to do youth ministry or I'm called to like see God break out amongst young people. Let's run for that. There's others that are like university, in your workplaces, like on your jobs, yeah, your job sites or I don't know, in your schools. Oh my goodness, but if I speak like that, I might lose my job. Ash lost his job. Ash right here. Lost his job for preaching the gospel to youth. Fired by Frankston City Council. Because he said, I can't stop speaking about what God has done in my life. The only hope that I have to give these kids is the hope that I carry in my heart. That's not a failure. That is a win. That is a win, win, win. Now, every time we see council, they have to look at him. When we show them videos, they see pictures of Ash, their best worker, now serving God on the streets of Frankston. They see kids gathering. Like the issue is we've got so many youth now that are gathering at Street Peace that it, it's like we can't be unrecognized. It's just like, well, we've got great programs. We've got no youth. You don't seem to have a program, but you've got all these kids. And it's not like we're even chasing them. It's just like God is forming family there. They want Jesus. They want family. They want love. It's not hard. Like it wasn't, you know, sure there's been a journey and there's been a process and we've like, you know, we've, we're seeking God continually on what it looks like to move forward. But it's, it's the Lord. It's the arise shine for the light has come. And I think we just drew the line in the sand a couple of, it was probably about six months ago where I, I was like, okay, I don't want to be just a good program. No, we're going to, we are, Jesus will be exalted through what we do. And if people don't like what we do because of Jesus, I'm okay about that. I'm okay about being persecuted. I'm okay about maybe never having the council on board with us because they know that we represent Jesus. It's a hard pill to take. Sometimes you just want to like, oh my goodness, don't go so full on, Jay. But I want to tell you when you're addressing darkness, Jesus is the only answer. Oh, it might be like, well, well you don't have to be that full, full on. You do need to be full on when you've got kids that are addicted to drugs, that are being abused by men and, or women that are in hopelessness and living with suicidal thoughts every day, you can't be just sort of half-hearted, play a nice program. You need to be direct because Jesus is the only one that can set them free. And that's the message we need. That's the truth in every area of our lives. There is no wisdom in hiding light. The wise thing is not to sort of close off or turn down the light. 
If that seems like wisdom to you, then I would tell you that's the voice of the enemy because there's only one who doesn't want the light to shine and that's darkness. Jesus came into the world, he shone brightly, he never toned it down and the darkness did not like him. But it was the right thing to do and we're here because he didn't tone it down. And in this season, I guess maybe that's the sermon. I was like, what is the, what's the message? The message is in this season, it's not a time to tone down the light of God, the spirit of God that lives inside of you, the abundant life that God has for you. This is not a time to just go into easy street, to go, well, this could be really confronting. Oh my goodness, like the opinions and the agendas of this world right now, um, like this blows in the face of them. No, this is not a time to tone it down. It's time to be provoked and moved by love to carry the name of Jesus and to shine it into the spheres that he's called us to live in, to our families, to our friends, to our schools, to our universities, to our, to our, to our churches, I guess, sometimes. <laughs> Amen. Well, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel if I keep preaching, I'll just keep going over and over the same thing. <laughs> Let's stand, yeah? Oh, I just... Oh. Thank you, Lord. Well, I was, I'm going to do something different. I really want to do a commissioning today. Like, I know that there's something that God has like placed on my life in breakthrough, in starting stuff, like... It's been a journey and I want to tell you like those like where we are today did not happen because of a big step. It happened because when you're faithful with the little things God calls you, he'll make you faithful with the greater things. And I really believe that we are pioneering not a program but or a ministry but pro- pioneering a movement. I feel like that's what's going to happen. And Street Peace is not going to be the only one in this movement. It's going to move through all the other parachute. It's going to move throughout this nation. God is re- chatting to people and they're like, gosh, I want to do the same thing in Bendigo. We're like, awesome. Let's run together. I want to do the same thing up in the Sunshine Coast. Awesome. Let's run together. So I want to, I'd love to just like, man, like just close your eyes. If you feel in this room like, yes, like this message is just like touching your heart, maybe there's something that God's been speaking to you about and you're not sure about, or you just like are stirred to see darkness, just push back and light advance and you're, <clears throat> and you're like, yes, I'm, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to, I want to make a stand to be 100% in because I'm going to run into that battle. I'm going to run into that battle with the Lord. I'm going to grab a hold of that victorious, that victorious march, that victorious, um, you know, banner that we get to carry with Jesus. I want to run into that. I want to run with that. And you're just like, I want to step out today and be like, I'm a yes on that. I'd love to just invite you to come down right now. I'm going to just, we're going to, I want to commission you. I want to release just courage because that's like when the Spirit of God came, it came with courage. I want to see boldness released in this room over people's lives. So if you're like, yes, that's me, I want to invite you to come down.